attention to newspapers. With his state of mind now, he had forgotten the only thing he had heard about these buses from his friends. They had a constant supply of electricity, unlike what Nepa was providing to the rest of the country. But now that peace had deserted the land, and Nigeria was on a war footing, the myth of the luxurious bus meant nothing to Jubril or the crowd at Lupa Motor Park. Their only worry now was the disappearance of the bus driver into Lupa City, which was a couple of miles away. He had been gone the whole day, scouting for black market fuel for the long journey ahead, and the conductors had kept the luxurious bus locked since morning. Fuel had become a scarce commodity in the country. Cars had to line up for days on end at the pumps. The crowd, restless and growing in size, milled around the bus, whose red window blinds were drawn. Its dark three-tone facade was a dying glow as the Harmattan haze began to shut out the sun even before it dropped below the horizon. The motor park was ringed by a semicircle of stores and restaurants. Some of them were running out of provisions, and others had simply closed for fear of looting. Some travelers sat, gloomy and tired, on their verandas, too discouraged or hungry to wait near the bus. The park was unpaved and uneven, the wide potholes as sandy as the bed of a seasonal river in the dry months. Beyond this, the savanna, clothed in the reddish harmattan dust, extended in every direction like an endless ocean with Lupa City and a few villages and towns dotting it like little islands. Though the savanna had a few tall evergreen trees, for the most part it was full of short, stout trees. And even those stood far apart, as if they hated each other's company. Their leaves gone, the branches pointed at the sky like a thousand crooked fingers. Between the trees were shrubs and grass that had been singed by the dry season and dark expanses of scorched undergrowth where villagers had undertaken their annual bush-burning craze. Jubril had tried to take in the babble of languages that were being spoken at the motor park. He had heard many languages being spoken in one place before, but today they only emphasized his estrangement from the group. Somehow, even when he knew that there were no Hausa Fulani in the park and that no Hausa would be spoken, he still yearned for it. He listened hard, longing to hear it as he did at Bawara Market in Kamfi, where the more than two hundred languages of his country seemed represented. But here he could mainly hear the Igbo language because of the many Igbos fleeing to their homes in the southeast. He could also hear the minority languages of the Delta tribes and even those of the northern minorities, who were retreating to whatever places had been their ancestral homes. Those who spoke English did so with accents peculiar to their tribes, all of them unlike Jubril's accent. The more he paid attention to the noisy crowd, the more convinced he became that the best way to disguise himself was to speak as little as possible. To ease his feelings of estrangement, he dug into his bag and pulled out the piece of paper on which had been written the name of the village in the delta where his father was born. He read the name silently many times. He knew that if he had to say it out loud, his accent would betray him.
which was why he got Malam Abdullahi, the good Samaritan who helped him make this trip, to write it out clearly for him. Many years back, Jubril's mother, as if goaded by some uncanny ability to read the future, had insisted, against Jubril's protestations, that his father came from an oil-producing village in the Delta region, and that his father's relatives would always protect him. Even now, he knew nothing about the place. But with this paper, he felt like one on the verge of discovering something very important, something that could give him the identity his troubled nation had failed to provide. This feeling of adventure would have been enough for his mind to handle in peaceful times, but during this flight it felt like an added burden. He wished he had traveled there before now. All day he had pined for the bus's departure, like a prisoner anticipating his release from jail.